the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, the entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We are in the house. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're ready to get started on our review of particularly the passages that we read this past week. Now, if you haven't discovered it, by the way, good evening, everybody. Hi, Jacob. Oh, hi, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to, the politeness has to be there. We have to uh, always tell my wife. Suzanne is, uh, my wife is a very dedicated mm, missionary woman of 50 years on the mission field and and she uh, her mind is always on the task and what we're doing and how many we're going to be and and sometimes in the mornings I'll be kind of groggy I'm not a morning person at all and I'll be kind of stumbling around the house trying to get my uh get things to functioning and get it, get everything my, myself oriented and she'll come in the room and it's like Immediately, boom, boom, boom. You know, we got this, we got this, we got that. When you go to go to the other, and I go, good morning, Susie. <laughs> it's no, so the politeness has to be there, right? Is that what you said? Good morning, Susie. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? I cannot hear Jacob. What's the deal here? Listen. Probably nobody out there can hear me either. I hear you now when you yell. Come on. That's, that's it. Speak into your microphone. I'm not hearing him at all. What's the deal here? Come on. Anybody here? Hey, help. I need water. <laughs> <laughs> now we got you for sure. Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you. So you wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Susie. Yes. I, I, no, no, I don't say anything. I'm too groggy, you know, and I'm kind of stumbling around. And she'll come in the, in, in the room, and, 
and I'm still kind of getting my bearings and trying to find out what planet I'm on. And she just starts right in, bang, 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 gotta do this, gotta do this. She's that morning person and that I'm not. And uh, I, I just, it's so funny. And she'll just go on for maybe 10 minutes with things I gotta do, and I haven't heard a word. Well, I have an answer for this. I, I, I have a remedy. I say, uh, good morning, honey. How are you? Good morning, Susie. <laughs> uh, what you do is, after she goes to sleep, you set the clock, you know, back two or three hours. So instead of being six or seven, it'll be eight or nine or ten. And she'll think she's just getting up. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to try that for sure. That's right. Well, anyway, the niceties are. Hi, uh, Jacob. Good hey. to see you. How's the week gone? I hope you had a good one uh. and all that stuff. Hi, yes, yes, no, and yes. Okay. <laughs> With the pleasantries over. Uh, well, wait, I should return a pleasantry. Yes. Soapy, how are you? I'm well, thank you very, very much. Uh, uh, I, would, I would say better than I deserve, but I think there's already a radio guy that's got that saying. Uh, but anyway, we've got to, we're going to get started. We're moving from the book of Genesis now in our readings to all... Uh, into the next book. We're making progress. Well, progress. Yes, we're progressive, we're aren't we? Yeah. Through the scriptures. Now, um, f folks, by the way, how are you? How are you doing? Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Give us a call if you'd like any time in the next 90 minutes, 340-9585. That's area code 210-340-9585, and we can talk all about And, you know, because of these dual... Uh, Area codes, they do have to dial the 210 they now. Do have to, yeah, that's exactly right. So give us a call if you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. We have uh, started again this year with our Bible reading program. If you haven't discovered it yet, uh, it's the best thing going. I tell you, it's, it's your chance to hear the Bible, every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible uh, through this coming year. Every book? I mean, every one of them? Every one of the wow. books, 66 of them. We'll make our way. We've just finished the very first book, the book of Genesis. And uh, this coming week, we'll, well, we've already begun just the first six chapters of the book of Exodus. But that's what you hear, a 15 to 20 minute reading every weeknight, the entire Bible every year. If you start listening to the Bible live, any given night that you start uh, through the week, and you listen for a year, you'll be you will have heard the entire Bible. You'll come right back to where. Well, but the, the they wouldn't be listening all day long. No, 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 no. Just just during the show. They can listen in the evenings to yeah. the show. He and what time might that show be coming in? Thirty in the evening, uh, through Friday. Nine thirty in the evening, a thirty-minute. Do you have a script? I've all this week. Yeah. Do you have a script? Brilliant. Is it? You have a scripted. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Well, yeah, yeah, it's the Bible. Oh, the Bible is your script. Okay. It, it's not a, a program about the Bible. It is the Bible. That's the, the Bible. Oh, that's going to throw everybody off. So, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But anyway, you can join us in, in the weeknights. And, uh, of course, the, it's going to be podcast. You'll be able to get it any time you want it on your smartphone. You'll be able to listen to it and so on. So we're going to have all the bells and whistles to, so that you, if you've been wanting to read the Bible, maybe in your mind you said, man, I always wanted to read through the Bible. And you tried to get started and it didn't make it and so on. Just join with us. Uh, 9.30 in the evening, you're settling down for a night's rest. Uh, join with us and we'll make a journey every year 
and it's going to be a tremendous blessing to your life. I am absolutely sure. Why don't we do this, Jacob? Okay, uh, let's let's do this. I, I, what is this? Well, hang on. I'll tell you. Uh, okay. sorry. I'm hanging. I, I want to hear. I want to hear a Jewish perspective uh. of. Where we have been so far. We're, we've just begun uh, the, the first part of, of November with our way through the scriptures. And so we're not that far along. And I'd, li- I'd like to see you give a recap of how would you explain to someone where we have journeyed. I guess basically it's the idea of the book of, uh, the book of Genesis and into the book of Exodus. How, how would you recap what we have seen so far, what we have read so far? Wow. So what happens is, of course, there's a guy named Adam. And we only have a 90-minute program. Ah, so hold us down to like two minutes, something like or, or less. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, so you have Adam and Eve, and God makes they're an animal. Everybody's animals. But the last animal created is human beings. The Adams and Eve. Yeah, a- Adams and Eves. Mm-hmm. So Adam and Eve. Actually, Adam means human being. Okay. So, and then they get separated. But they're animals, too. Now, the difference is, between the other animals and the human animals, God puts a spirit in them. You'll find that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Mm-hmm. So he puts something different into the animal, the human being. So we're introduced to God, we're introduced to his creation, uh-huh. animal kingdom, and yeah. then we're introduced to these two special creatures, uh, Adam and Eve. Yes. And as the Jews always say, uh, Adam and Eve were first in thought, last in creation because hmm. that's where the goal was you know what your goal is and so he had a goal so he gets there and he makes this animal and a spiritual there you have the creation of what we might call free will now but, all of this is after creating the sun the moon the stars the i mean i mean this the little oh, details right yeah that little stuff yeah that's all been done uh-huh. uh, in fact that's Genesis 1 through 14 I believe it is and 15 through 27 is the creation of the physical the world anyway so then uh, so you got this animal that has the same as other animals that's why we're like other animals mm-hmm. uh, except we have something additional God's spirit and thus you have the creation of free will and that's the tension you can't go beyond what's created in other words and the tension is become do you want to act godly or like, act like an animal well so the story goes on and what happens is people start choosing to act like animals and that's why as we get up close to the story in Noah he in says words, living beneath our potential well there, we're actually we're actually worse than animals you know why because we know better. Animals don't know better. Mm-hmm. So, as we get close to Noah, what happens is God actually says, oh, I'm going to take my spirit away from these guys, these animals, these people on the earth, because I'm not going to let my spirit be in a, an animal. So he takes his spirit out of the people left on the earth. We have the flood, Noah and his wife and his kids and their wives all get on the boat. No. Okay, we've moved from Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, their son, yes. and Seth, uh-huh. replacement son, right. and then you have the godly lineage, and the king, right. and human race begins to expand, and... Uh, and then a contraction, I say. Essentially, people choose sides, God or not God. Well, that's your free will. And he comes down yeah. to Noah, who's the last family on earth that worships yeah. God. He does, except he does more than that. Uh, The commandment with Adam, and given to Noah again when I leave the boat, is be fruitful and multiply. Multiply. Fruitful? And spread out. 
What? Spread out over the earth. Well, that does. Yes, that's a that's an addendum. Uh -huh. um, but uh, fruitful and multiply is two different things. Fruitful is have kids. Multiply is teach them God's laws right from wrong. So, he's supposed to have kids and teach them right from wrong. Now, so that's what that's about. Now, after they come out, for the very first time, man does not have to be a vegetable. they come out of the ark. Uh, out of the ark, the boat, yes. No? The big boat, yes. Um, this was not Carnival Cruise Line. Okay. How, however, it was hey, a... Did you see that largest Carnival, the largest cruise ship? I, uh, I was looking at it online this week. The largest cruise ship. It looked so much like I always thought the Ark looked like. It was amazing. Anyway. No, I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope they're not going to be out for a year. Uh, but um, anyway, so actually Noah had a floating zoo. And he took care of all these animals. <laughs> and then when he gets off the ark, the first thing he does, he, has to, he kills a couple and sacrifices them on an altar. Uh -huh. Oh, how disappointing is that? Then he kind of takes up the occupation of Cain back at the beginning because the, the flood is the recreation story. Remember in the beginning of the Bible, you have water. Water gets separated. He makes the land. Well, the waters come back together with Noah, and so it's a recreation story. Okay? Separation of the land and water. So it comes back. Well, so he has to do a couple altar things, but then he starts taking up, instead of that, the animal sacrifice that we learned about with Abel, he actually ends up taking up the occupation of Cain. He plants a vineyard. Mm -hmm. Ah, well, and for the first time, man is allowed to eat animals. Now, the question is, they were vegetarians before that. Why would he be a man be now be allowed to eat animals? But they have to pour the blood out, of course, because he says the soul is in the blood, God says. Mm -hmm. But before, when you had the struggle before the flood, you had the struggle between the spiritual, you say, and the animal, but the animal was consuming human beings. Uh -huh. So after the flood, you pour out the blood, but you can eat animals. Why? Because the idea was that the Jews were supposed to take the world and raise it to a godly, holy level. So the animals consumed human beings prior to. Okay? And then after the flood, Basically, they are now going to pour out the blood or the soul, and they're going to consume the animal. And what you eat does become part of you. You are what you eat. Now, you're now going to do, this is the commandment that the Jews have always understood. And don't worry about the Hebrew, it's tikkun olam. You're supposed to raise the world to a holy level, because if those animals that you're now consuming become part of you, which they do like anything else you eat, you can now do God's laws, and they, in a sense, will be also be doing God's laws because you've been consuming them. They're part of you. Mm -hmm. So you'll be raising the animal. So you're going to consume them after the flood because they actually won out before the flood, and they were consuming humans. Well, so far you've only made it to Genesis chapter 11. And now there's a bunch of other kids born and people... Seven, actually. Uh, flood and all. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's the important part mm -hmm. of the story. And then we go on, and then, of course, what's going to happen is throughout the rest of the story, it's a continual fight between good and evil, good and evil, all the way through to Joseph. And, of course, Joseph, in a sense, becomes a picture of the Messiah because he sets up in Egypt the, the communal eating so they can eat. And I, if you get the picture, what's going on is he sets up during the years of plenty, he saves lots of food. 
and then during the years of being skinny cows, he passes out the food. But first, the people come and they sell their land. Then they sell their houses. And then they sell themselves. And what you're looking at is the establishment of what Christians call communion. And they're taking communion because they're selling themselves to what Joseph did. It's a picture of like perhaps... Wow, I've never heard that. That's interesting. Well, it's all right. You pay attention and we'll all get along. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I'll joke inside. You did it. You you made it. But you missed... I mean, you skipped a lot. Well, yeah, but you said... Between Noah and Joseph. Yeah. Again, you know, you have that that long journey, and then, and then you have the Tower of Babel. Maybe you uh, throw the Tower that in of Babel is again, it's After a struggle. Noah. It's a constant struggle between the animal part of a human and the spiritual part of a human. It's always that free will. In fact, if I may ad lib and say, even Paul, when he says someplace in the New Testament, you can probably say where mm-hmm. he says something like, "Oh, I do things I don't want to do, but I keep doing them." Mm-hmm. He's actually identifying the old argument between the animal and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's actually carrying that same idea forward. The things that I don't want to do, I, I want to do. I, I, I don't do. I, mean, I don't do them. Things I don't want to do, I do them anyway. Yeah. Oh, so wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body well, of and death? And that's seeing what he's talking about is the being an animal. Because mm-hmm. I can perform a wedding ceremony on two cocker spaniels. They will not keep those vows. And they will eat and let every other animal go hungry. But a human being, they will honor the vows, hopefully, and they'll make sure somebody they love or care about, their children, their spouses, their wives, whatever, eat first. Uh-huh. So there's something different with the spirit of God. Oh, life. yeah. That, that, that's uh, entirely totally So that's different. that's yeah. it in a nutshell. What's that buzzing around your head? <laughs> <laughs> good job. Good job. Let's go to our phones. Uh, you have a phone talk call. To, I believe Jesse's on the line. Let's see if we can bring him. Hello, Jesse. How are you today? Pretty good, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Do you know what your name means in Hebrew, Jesse? What is that? I mean, I just wanted, do you know already? I I don't, sir. Isn't it interesting? I I have recently learned this from Jacob here, uh, that the word Jesse means root or stump. Stump. A stump. Uh, remember how that the Messiah came that's from... That's not an insult. That's a compliment. No, no. It's just the meaning of the word, actually. But but remember how the, uh, so so, there are various several images of the Messiah coming out of a stump, like in Isaiah, what is Isaiah chapter 6? It talks about... It talks about end. Jesse, yeah. And he a says there will be a, a shoot out of a stump. Out of a stump. Uh-huh. And uh, the Messiah right. comes uh-huh. out that's of the right. root, uh, out of the, the, the root of... Of uh, Jesse, you know, of the lineage of David, and so on. Isn't that interesting? I just, when I learned that, I thought, well, that is such an incredible little detail <laughs> from the <laughs> scriptures. Well, well Jesse, uh, you're calling in for a reason tonight. Something on your mind? Something triggered a thought in your heart? There, what, what do you got to tell to well, tell us? Well, I just called to uh, see. We are going to have an event. Yes, on the good. Motorcycle Ministries. Sure. And what, you know, and what we do is uh, we bring people to, you know, together, uh, and it, they're from all uh, Christians, Catholics, uh, Pentecostals, Lutherans. That's how our motorcycle ministry is. And uh, we throw an event every year, and uh, we would just like to uh, invite the people because we know all these people, you know, around the United States and uh-huh. across the world. Uh-huh. You know, they're they're in need of of, of, uh, of hope, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh you know, what we do is we go out and we bring hope to them. We minister 
you know, we, we, we speak the Lord's word to them, and we use things of the everyday world to gather the crowds to minister about uh, our Lord. Amen, Jesse. Jesse, we need to know yes. some details and facts. Jesse, what are you giving? Are you giving something away at this event? Yes, everything ah, that what we is it? give away, every single thing that we give away is free. And uh, we last year we provided food for two thousand over two thousand people. We gave away a hundred and fifty bikes, uh, you know, bikes for the youth. And we also will those uh, be like Harley Harley Davidson bikes or what, what are we talking no, here? No, no, no. They, 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 I wish they were. Yeah, uh, you know, but the Lord will provide one day for us to do that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we uh, we provide uh, bikes, uh, just regular bicycles for uh, the children from ages from three all the way up to the ages of eighteen, and. Um, you know that's going to be happening on December the eighth. Oh right. Saint, yeah, on December the eighth at Saint Leonard's Catholic Church. Okay, Jesse, I want you to distinctly repeat the date, the time, and location again. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, we are going to be having the event on December the eighth uh-huh. at Saint Lawrence Catholic Church, and this is our fifth annual, and it's called Rolling with the Clauses. Bring a smile to a child free event, and uh, it's St. Leonard's Catholic Church at eight five one zero South Zarzamora Street. Eighty five ten, eighty five ten South Zarzamora, and yes, this sir. is on a Sunday. No, it's on a Saturday between eleven and four o'clock. Right, right. Saturday, Saturday, good, good. Between eleven and four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Yes. And people, people are going to be able to get food. They're going to be able to yeah. get talked to by you all, and yeah. they might win a bike or something. Is that correct? Yes, sir. We have 150 bikes and prizes to give. Oh, so nice. tell us a little bit something about your group. Are you? Uh, do you ha- is, is there people? How many members you got? What do you do? Where do you come from? Tell us a little bit about you and your group. Okay, uh, we were founded. Well, my my wife and I are the founders, but the, the Lord first, of course. And he entrusted my wife and I to uh, open up the ministry here in San Antonio uh, in August uh, the 17th of 2014. And, uh, you know, the Lord has entrusted us to oversee his ministry. We have uh, Christians, Catholics, Pentecostals, Lutheran, Baptists, and we welcome all imperfect people because, you know, the, the Lord loved everybody. And, he he uh, said all the imperfect people, but he and therefore he did not have to name the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Pride goes before fall, my friend. Uh, who's who's being pride? Fall. I'm just I'm just uh, stating no, facts. I'm exactly. just saying. He yeah. said all the imperfect people, and I noticed he didn't mention them, so it must be perfect. All right. Go. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. You know, and, and our mission statement is loving God and loving people. And winning souls for the kingdom of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's great, Jess. I am glad to hear about it. December the eighth. Now, what's the group? The name for the group again? It's called Armor of God Motorcycle Ministry. Armor of God. I thought it might be Heaven's Angels or something like that. But that's, Ooh, no, that's yeah. <laughs> Armor of God. Well, that's so. I'm so proud you're here. I'm so grateful. There's so many good things that happen this time of the year, 
And uh, you guys uh, are, have our thanks and our gratitude for doing what you're doing. Let your light shine brightly, my friend. Do, do all those good works. Let them, let them uh, glorify our Father in heaven. We're so proud of you guys. Uh, now, Thank is there a way much. folks can get a hold of you, Jesse? If oh, they'd like very to, good question. Uh, maybe touch base with you if they have further oh. questions. Of, of course, and, and we are always we do everything slowly, solely upon donations. We don't uh -huh. have any fundraisers or anything like that. And my name is Jesse Pena, and I am, the, you know, the founder. And my telephone number is two one zero seven zero one. Five four two nine. You better say that. Seven zero one five four two nine. Area code two ten. Yeah. Very very good. Jess, thank yeah. you. I hope that you'll join us. Uh, you know, frequently call in here on Sunday night and give us a thought. And give tell us what God is doing in your lives and in, through the ministry there. And hopefully we can. Uh, remain in touch over the year ahead. We read through the Bible every year, Monday through Friday, and then here on Sunday evening, we have a chance to just talk about what we talk about what we read the past week, and uh, we've just finished the book of Genesis, uh, and we're going on into Exodus now, But so that's why I had uh, Jacob here give us a little uh, Jewish kind of a view of overview of the book of Genesis. So uh, let your guys know over there as well. Maybe some of them would like to make that annual journey through the Bible with us. We'd love to hear from yes. any of you guys anytime. All right. Thank you very much for having me on, and God bless you. You all do a wonderful thing. Thank okay. you, my friend. You're welcome to call back anytime. Anytime, okay? Jesse. Right, Jesse the Root Thanks, calling in tonight. Stump, Jesse, the Jesse the Root. And from the, the stump, stump comes the, stump. the shoot. Okay, I keep saying root, but it means... Uh, 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 yeah, stump. it's actually the stump. We can see the stump was cut down, but out of the stump comes the the shoot, Yeah, the stem. That's right. Isn't, isn't it interesting, all the great, the good things that happen in, in, a, in our great city of San Antonio? There, there are so many over the years, Jacob, that I've discovered uh, working with pastors and churches and congregations and different ministries uh, there are there are about three to four hundred community-based ministries non uh, not not churches there are about probably about 1400 churches in our city now uh, oh that's a lot it, it, it is it seems like a lot but it's you know it's I guess that there are and there are everything from little home house congregations to the great mega churches that we have and all but God's people are so busy I just I love I I love to see uh, over the years is whoever I've gone basically uh, different countries and so on. Well, so you know, there's three or four Jewish places too. Yeah, right now. just three or four, but exactly. not, not fourteen hundred. Well, amen. They're there. God's no, people a, are busy. But no, fourteen hundred—that's a lot. It, it, it is actually, uh, but it's so it's so fascinating to see, as you said. God's people at work. God's people raising that that the image of God that that you know the spiritual aspect of our life and dimension uh, I, it is a beautiful thing to behold uh, every year through the year constantly going on uh, it's really our only hope really God's people will be God's people they need we need to be God's people we need to let our light shine we need to do those good works we need to love others and and and, uh, and we'll see more and more and more come into the fold come into uh, that that relationship with the with the father with three four zero ninety five eighty five is our phone number you can join us we'll be right back 
Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. God is always present and at work. Welcome to today's encouragement from Our Daily Bread. It was written by Lisa Samra and is titled, God is Here. A plaque in our home states, bidden or not bidden, God is present. A modern version might read, acknowledged or unacknowledged, God is here. Hosea, an Old Testament prophet who lived in the 8th century B.C., wrote similar words to the Hebrew nation. He encouraged the Israelites to press on, to acknowledge God because they had forgotten him. As the people forgot God's presence, they began to turn away from him, and before long there was no room for God in their thoughts. Hosea's simple but profound insight to acknowledge God reminds us he's near and at work in our lives, in both the joys and struggles. To acknowledge God might mean that when we get a promotion at work, we recognize God gave us insight to finish our work on time and within budget. If our housing application is rejected, acknowledging God helps to sustain us as we trust Him to work in the situation for our good. If we don't make it into the college of our choice, we can acknowledge God is with us and take comfort in His presence even in our disappointment. As we enjoy dinner, to acknowledge God may be to remind ourselves of God's provision of the ingredients and a kitchen to prepare the meal. When we acknowledge God, we remember His presence in both the successes and sorrows, whether big or small, of our lives. To get Our Daily Bread in print or ebook, visit getodbtoday.org. Today's encouragement was provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries. Get connected with AM630 The Word on social media through Facebook, Twitter, and TuneIn. Click on the icons at the top of the page at am630theword.com. That's am630theword.com. Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In. Our past can shape us, but it doesn't have to define us. That's the message Ariana Grande delivers on her latest track, Thank You, Next. Spend more time with my friends I ain't worried about nothing Plus I met someone else We having better discussions I know they say I move on too fast But this one gonna Grande wants fans and former lovers alike to know that she plans on moving on from her sometimes dramatic past, even as she steps purposefully toward better things in the future. But the singer's sarcastic tone and casual use of harsh profanities, when talking about her exes, definitely dampens any enthusiasm I might have had for this song. So I'll give Thank You Next a 2 out of 5 for family friendliness. For the full review, visit PluggedIn.com radio. I'm Bob Olszewski for Focus on the Family, Plugged 
Find out more about your favorite programs and the ministries on AM630 The Word by going to the program guide at am630theword.com. There, you'll get connected to the ministry website, email, and phone number. Plus, find out when your favorite show airs on the program guide at am630theword.com. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, in the name of that song, The Church on Fire. We were just talking about the idea that God's people got to got to get up, got to take a stand, got to let our light shine. Uh, you know, I got a question for yeah, you about yeah, music yeah. in Christian churches. Sure. How come all the modern Christian music isn't like the old model Christian music that actually used Bible verses, but now it's all about us and how we feel, and it very rarely quotes Bible verses? Well, I don't know. That is a very, very good question. And um, uh, I would like an answer well, within, the, within the next half hour. Well, your question presumes that you have heard all the Christian music. I've heard a great deal of it, to <laughs> ad infinitum and uh, ad nauseum, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite uh, songs and hymns are... Uh, are like you say. Really, my favorite hymns are really uh, scripture put to music. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be direct. Well, for example, quote, you just quoted mm-hmm. that uh, uh, church on fire. Mm-hmm. I don't not aware that uh, Jesus said any church is on fire. I think that's the other guy, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> that's interesting. But what I'm saying is, and this is, I'm going to be very candid with you. I heard a, a minister talking about this. And he he said, uh, and he brought this up, and I thought, you know, that's true. Okay. So I started listening, and I said, you know, that's right. The old ones actually had, like, biblical things, like, you know, every day I pant for water, this is the day uh-huh, the Lord uh-huh, had uh-huh, made, uh-huh. that kind of stuff. But now the new ones, it's like, oh, I feel so good, and my church is on fire, and I don't know what to do. Call it's, the, um, Yeah, but it's all about stuff about people, not about the Bible or God. And I think this is the, another reason why the listening to the Bible live read through the week is essential. It and, is. Yes. In I think fact, I think it's an eleventh or twelfth commandment. Thou shalt listen to the No, it's a six hundred and fourteenth. <laughs> There's only six thirteen in the Bible. I noticed uh, I noticed this week a couple of times uh during the show, just to let people know what they're listening to, ah. uh, there's a voice. God comes on the radio and he says, This is the Bible Live. Thou shalt not go away. I don't ah. know if you've heard that one before. There is an old, like there is an old black and white movie called The Next Voice You Hear. Uh, are you familiar with that movie? No, no, I'm not. It's an old actor named James Whitmore. It's really, a, I remember watching when I was a kid. And uh, God takes over all the radios. And everywhere, and everybody in the world is listening in their own language. And the name of the movie is, it's an old black and white movie called The Next Voice You Hear. And then every night, like at 6 or whenever it is, everybody hears, everybody's tuned into the radio. And basically what he does is give the Ten Commandments again. 
I just love it. That's what I, that, I've got to get. I've got to get that movie. I've got to take out. Maybe I can take some quotes out of it or something, because that's that's is that's exactly what I envision uh, the Bible live being Monday night, Monday through Friday, nine thirty in the evening, uh, God's talk show. Well, there you go. And I will say a couple of the questions that I really want to bring up. Sure. Yeah. Is because I think are going to illustrate. The absolute need to know what the Bible says instead of going by feelings and what people tell you. Now, let me just say something about that. Because you, you want you me to let to you say something? Please. What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the point is, and, and here's, here's, for example, you have just given us this little fast little journey through the book of Genesis. Now it was it was and I admit it was fast and 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 it was an overview uh there there are people that were you know you jumped from um the flood and and the tower of babel you jumped to joseph but yes. you know we forgot about abraham and isaac well we didn't forget but the story that Jacob. caused the flood is is the cuz god comes back he says, what caused the flood was the sinning, shall we mm -hmm, say. Mm -hmm. But then afterwards, in chapter 9 of Genesis, it is so useful. People don't put the story together. Uh, God comes back and says, you guys going to keep on sinning. And for that, I'm never going to flood the earth again. Mm -hmm. Now, think about that. What caused the flood before is going to be a reward not to happen afterwards. Now, why? And if you start reading about the rules while well, not eating blood that comes between that, and that you're going to be able to eat animals, you can start putting the synthesis of the story together. Mm -hmm. But so actually, and it's fascinating when you stop, because what caused before the flood, I mean caused the flood. And then he says, you're going to keep doing it, but guess what? I'm never going to drown you again. And, you got, and you're supposed to ask yourself, and this is what they really teach little Jewish kids, they say, well, why would God say it's the exact same thing? Why is he not drowning? What, is there anything in the story that tells us why? And you're supposed to think, because God really likes thinkers. Okay. I think he likes everybody, but he especially likes thinkers. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's the point. So it's all right there, but you got to, if you don't know what the story is. So basically, the reason you can kind of jump to Noah, even to modern day, now, right now, is because. Is that process is still going on. The same process, and what we got going on right now is we've got going on in the world exactly the same thing that was taking place back in, before the flood. And people are choosing to be animals. Now, I hate to say that, and I don't want to offend anybody. I really don't. But on the other hand, I can't avoid saying it. Yeah, that, that, yeah if you are offended by that, you've got to, to understand the, the sense in which it's said is that a human race, and, and this was the thing, I think that maybe, to be very honest, I'm not really sure of this, Jacob, Now, I don't want to be offensive to, to the, uh, um, you know, the, the Hebrew or the Jewish perspective there, but... Uh, I think we're a little bit better because we're maybe we're not so caught up in the details as you guys are. You've been studying this book for, you know, I mean, millennia. I mean, it's. Well, I know it's they say the devil's in the details. That's right. And, and 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 you have a story for every individual person. For you have an example, you know, and so on. But the broad, the in broad strokes, I would say, if I were doing the book of Genesis, as oh. you, kind of walking through it, I would do the exact same new thing you did. But, but the, we kind of, I, I think we. When I talk about we, I'm talking about we Gentile types. 
uh, we just read the book as it is, and we, you know we don't have all of these thousands of years of background and experience. Every every word well, you read, we use the same Bible. I know, but when you read the book of Genesis, yes, when you read it, every you could probably spend a month on every verse. I mean, you guys oh, do that years, routinely. Oh, years, yeah. years, yeah. We we don't we don't do that. We Gentiles, we uh, we, we don't I, have that I, much time I'm on our hands. I'm reluctant to say I know. <laughs> we don't have that much time on our hands. But uh, I guess what I'm trying to say, non-jokingly here, is that sometimes I think we see the broader the broader picture. Uh, we see all those details, yeah, and I delight when you. And elaborate on those details and, and make them shine a little brighter for us and, and go a little deeper. But essentially, what you just said, I would amen that and echo that that uh, what we're seeing in the book of Genesis is, is the table is being set. It's, being, it's telling us how everything got started, why everything got started, the way it got started, and what is the big picture? What is it? Oh, so what is the big picture? Tell that, us. That God is doing, that he is essentially uh, uh-huh. calling out a people out of the human race. God is calling out a people for himself. Don't you think that he presented everybody with that opportunity? Yes, every human being. So you have your choice of choosing to live like an animal or be more godly. To be part of the people of God or and and I mean there's a there's a passage, there's a verse, a phrase that is repeated 42 times if I remember correctly the exact number, I will be their God, they will be my people. That in summary, that's the prime directive. If you're a Star Trek fan, that's the prime directive uh, of the scriptures: is that God has created. Actually, Adam Star and Eve Trek, and the original was a story. Of, it was a space story based on the Book of Exodus. Isn't that interesting? They, yeah, and yeah. Spock there you go, and, there you go. and William Shatner both are Jewish. Every great story, what every a great deal. drama, is only an offshoot uh, of this greatest of all dramas, the greatest of all stories. So let's let's take an example, may we? Sure. So why let's not? take a look at, and I think we got to read three and four together. And since you wrote these, uh huh, would you be so kind? Because okay. by the way, I want to compliment you. I've been listening to the weekly readings. Uh huh. You are a good reader. Oh, uh, my mama taught me how to read when I was. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, an orphan telling you that his mama taught him how to read. But yeah, uh, well, read three and four. But let's, you know, I've let's thought deal. about that before. I uh, I remember in our first grade, my my teacher always said, you know, you read pretty well for a kid. You know, that's. Oh, I thought you were going to say for an Indian. The, uh, <laughs> Well, that, too, to be very, very honest, uh, for an Apache, at least. As the oldest son, it says, as the oldest son, I talked my brothers into putting Joseph into a deep pit instead of killing him. Who am I? So we, we're, we're talking about, uh, we've got the one thing, like I said, you, you jump from Noah to uh, Joseph, but in between there, you've got, God starts dealing with Abraham and his wife well, Sarah. Well, I knew we were coming back. And then, yeah, Abraham. And then they have a son named Isaac. This son is a promise that uh, he told him he's going to have a son, and, and he had to wait 25 years before this son Isaac was born okay. uh, to them in their old age. Well, yeah, uh, but read four because I want these two okay, questions associated okay. together. And then Joseph mind. comes along, Abraham, Isaac, and uh, uh, Jacob. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then Joseph now is one of these 12 sons. Right. That that uh, Jacob has. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I just wanted to make these two questions coherent you're, together. You're just trying to make sense of all of this. As the oldest son, now this is the oldest son of uh, of Jacob. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I talked my brothers into putting Joseph, a younger brother, into a deep pit instead of killing him. And we're talking about Genesis chapter 37, verse 22 now. Mm -hmm. As the oldest son, I talked my brothers into putting Joseph into a deep pit uh, instead of killing him. They were going to kill him because of, I don't know, was it Well, wait, wait, let's not not put our foot in our mouth yet. Let's do number four. Okay, okay. Okay, that's number uh, first question, number three. It was my idea to sell Joseph. Now, this is a different person. It was my idea to sell Joseph as a slave to a caravan of Ishmaelite traders. Who am I? So who? what we're asking you is, who are these two brothers uh, and children of Jacob that kind of played a major role in selling Joseph down into Egypt. And I want to use this, those two sentences, those two questions, uh-huh. to illustrate not only a piece of important corrective knowledge, but to illustrate the reason for knowing the Bible and the people don't read it. Okay. The least they could do would be listen to your reading. And if they read it, they will still hear it. And this is important because we're going to, I hope, deal with a sad misteaching that is so popular, but everybody follows. Okay. So let's. So what we got is uh, one. Uh, he, uh, Joseph gets stuck in a pit, right? Okay. Tell the story. I mean, okay, you got these twelve sons, yeah. Jacob. Well, the last son born. Out of these four women, the eleventh son is Joseph. Who are the women? Oh, uh, the the moms. You would ask me that. Leah, Leah, Rachel. Rachel, Leah. And then two handmaids. And two handmaids. Okay, four women, 12 sons, and one daughter, by the way. We'll get to her in a little bit. Uh, Or did we already read the story? Yeah, we already read the story. Okay, so you got these, uh, these 12 boys. They're up there in Canaan. They're raising their sheep. They're doing their thing. But a famine comes across the land. You know, there's a lot of things going on around. But but they really get mad at this one son named Joseph because he seems maybe slightly to them a little arrogant that he yes he's going to be the he has dreams and he says you know I had this dream and all these stocks of wheat uh, corn whatever it was was bowing down to me and they took that and understanding is well that meant all all the brothers are going to bow to him. Well, and they said, we don't like that. And then he comes back and the dream says, yeah, and the sun and the moon, too. And then the dad gets the one dream about, well, wow, wait, this, even me? That's I, right. The sun is the dad, the moon is the mom. Uh, so Jacob uh, even so, gets a little upset. So but but Jacob thinks, hmm, there's something going on here. What is it? But so we have this Joseph character that seems to have this, you know, this idea that he's going to be great. And so on this dream that he's had. Was these his brothers get mad at him? They get you know they they don't like that idea that he's and besides that yes. he seems to be his father's favorite. And what makes you think that? Because his he was the son of his beloved Rachel. Uh, Rachel was right. the one that, but of the two what, wives. That, what thing might Jacob have given that made the other brother say, "Hey, he never made oh, that for us." Oh, that's right. There was this coat of many colors. Uh, they made the. Uh, movies about this and books about Uh, uh, Joseph's coat of many colors. Now, isn't it interesting? Do you think Jacob did not know that that kind of effort on behalf of Joseph would somehow state to the other boys that uh, Mm. about who might be preferred? Well, you know, there's a lesson about parenthood here and favoritism among the children. I'm sure that's in there, but 
I, I don't know if Jacob was so, obtuse. Well, maybe he didn't understand. So all the other brothers, they're out there watching the sheep in the pasture, right? And, the, and Jacob gives the boy the coat and says, Now, Joseph, go out and find your brothers. <laughs> he sets him up beautifully, doesn't he? But there's an interesting passage there that people pass. What is He's it? looking for him and he can't find him. Yeah, that's right. And suddenly, so he has to ask somebody, where somebody are Somebody in the middle of a wilderness, nobody's around, no other sheep, there's no town, and suddenly there's a guy there. And he says, oh, their brothers are right over there. He knows the brothers and who they are and where they're at. Who do you think that might have been? See, this is the kind of detail that we do not get, we do not care about. It was some guy just out there, uh -huh. another guy out with his sheep or something. Uh -huh. It was some guy he met on the road. But you guys uh -huh. have studied this. Oh, These guys. You think that you know who this person well, was. Well, it says Dothan, D-O-T-H-A-N, Dothan. Uh -huh. Now, it looks like a name, and it is a name, but it actually is a Hebrew word that talks about go over there where your brothers are, and it means judgment is waiting. Is that right? So there's a judgment involved there. So we know, so there's a judgment. That's what Dotham means? Well, it has that meaning in it, yes. And so this guy is kind of understood. He may not be a human being at all. Huh. He may be. May we suggest maybe he's an angel? Anyway, so he says... A fallen angel or... No, like no, he's angel? not fallen. He's, he's still employed. Okay. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's not been laid off. Okay. All right, so uh, he, uh, he gets... Okay. So he sends him over there. So I never heard that, but that's... I, I know. So that's I the know. kind of detail that's you okay. got. That's, yeah, you know? that's okay. That's why it's called the Bible Live, you know? That's right. And so he goes over there and he finds his brothers. Oh, when they see him come and they say, here comes the dreamer. Yeah, uh, they all they really oh, they get their act and they decide we're going to get rid of this guy, everyone. Right. You know that that is really why in the world would they to us us amateurs here and that just that just seems like how in the world could these guys get that ticked off to kill to decide to Wait, kill man, let's, let's not put our foot in the mouth now. Oh, well, they've decided to no, kill No, they him. didn't. They never said that at all. That's all why right, That's why we're, we're, it's important to listen to okay. your Bible oh, readings. Okay. As that, I read it, I have to listen uh, to it. Yes, you're going to have to listen to what you're reading. Really? Okay, all right, here we go. <laughs> okay. So, actually, it says, uh, let's put him in the pit. Okay. Uh, so, well, let me just, may I read a verse? Well, you may, you can. Uh, you. Do, you, do you happen to have your Bible with I you? I do have it right over here. Oh, okay. Well, let's look over here at, uh, say, uh, I don't know what, uh, chapter 37 of Genesis. Uh huh. And, uh, oh, well, uh, first I'll tell you, here's the, uh, the thing I was talking about. Uh, Joseph's looking for him, and this, this guy says, uh, uh, they have journeyed from here. I heard them saying, let's go down to Dothan. So, see, that's Judah. Uh, Dothan, uh huh. Uh, so, it goes over there. So, anyway, now going down to look at uh, 37. Uh, okay, why don't you read 23 and 24? Would you be so kind? Cause that's it says a, a man from the area noticed him wandering around. I don't know the what your said. Bible says, but that's not what it says. Chapter 15, uh, verse 15. Well, <laughs> don't worry about it. Get down to the pit. Okay, that's the pits. All right, Joseph sees his brothers coming. I mean, Joseph's brothers saw him coming toward them. Uh, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. That's Wait what I just what said. Verse? Give me the verse you're reading. 18. I shouldn't say anything. I said 23 and 24. Well, 
But you said he didn't. They didn't. That's right. I am saying that. Yes. Well, go ahead and read it because you want to go ahead. Okay. Okay. Twenty-three and twenty-four. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. They grabbed him and threw him into the cistern, uh, the pit. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Right. Okay. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. Yeah, go ahead. Read the next couple of verses. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. It even tells what the goods they are selling. Uh, uh, Interesting uh detail. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by Would killing? you mind like, giving the verse so I can follow? Verse 26. Okay. Jesus said to his, J- Judah said to his brothers, what will, Judah, this is Judah now. This is Judah now. What will we gain by killing our brother? His blood would just give us a guilty conscience. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the, that which was the going price of a, of a slave, I thought, in that era. And the traders took him to Egypt. Okay, now let me read what it says. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me, may I go back? Look, look sure, at verse, why not? Uh, look at verse, uh, <coughs> uh, let me see, 20... Um, Okay, it says 20. What, uh, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. But let us not lay a hand upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. His brothers agreed. Uh, 28. Midnight men, traders, were passing by. They drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. Then they brought Joseph to Egypt. Now, look at 29. Reuben... It's going to get clear now. 29. Now, Reuben wasn't there, evidently, right? No, he was absolutely. He was there. there. Yeah, well, no. it says sometime later, Reuben returned to get Joseph. No, no, let's sister. read what it says instead of, okay. It says, I am reading what it says. No, it says, well, sometime later. Okay, but look at 29. Go ahead and read 29 then. Sometime later, Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern, which means he must not have been there when they. Oh, that's not what it says. Keep reading. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief. Then he went back to his brothers and lamented, The boy is gone. What will I do now? Well, now, why would he have to go back and say, The boy's gone? Because it's not the brothers that sold him. They put him in the pit. They put him in the pit. They were being mean to him because they were mad at him. And when these other Ishmaelite guys came by, and the Midnights pulled him out and sold him to the Ishmaelites. That's why when they all sat down to eat, then 29, Reuben returned to the pit. And behold, Joseph was not in the pit. So you're saying the Ishmaelites and the Midianite traders were two different groups? Oh, absolutely. This says, so when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, Uh came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern. Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. Okay, now, uh, this is going to be a little more complicated than what I thought. Uh, but it's going to be Reuben, they were all in on putting him in the pit. Okay. So they all put him That's in the right. pit. That's right. Reuben and they obviously all, they did. And, and they, some people said, hey, let's kill him. Some said, let's have lunch. <laughs> 
So the reason they're telling you about having lunch, do you know why? Let's not make such an important decision without on an empty That's stomach. part of it. But okay. the other idea is that when you sit down to eat, you cool off and you talk and you think, okay? Okay. So they're doing all that. And then so they were all in on it. The brothers all were there. They were watching. And then, then Reuben returned to the pit. And behold. So you're saying the pit is a long way off from where they're eating? Not a long way, but maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 yards, something like that, maybe. Oh, okay. I'm, ch I'm trying to get the picture that you have. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. They grabbed him and threw him into the cistern, into this hole in the ground. Yeah. And the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Yeah. Then just as they were sitting down to eat somewhere with 20, 30 yards away, evidently, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, they're sitting there eating, what will we gain by killing our brother? His blood will just give us a guilty conscience. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to these Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders... I don't, that's what it says here in English, at least. Um, when they came, who were Midianite traders came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. You now, that's what happens. Now, that's the popular idea. That it it is. That's what I want to get at. Ever, ever, ever. That's the misteaching I'm talking about. Well, it's not misteaching. Well, it's, it's, it is because it's I'll, let me read this. Let me read evidently. it. Let me read what it actually says word for word. Uh, 28, midnight men, traders, passed by. They drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. Then they, that would be the Ishmaelites, brought Joseph to Egypt. Reuben returned to the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit. So he said, he ripped his garments, returned to his brother, and says, the boy is gone. Oh, we um, there. We are already but, through so the they, They're all shocked that the boy's gone. Would this happen just 20 or 30 yards away from them, and they didn't Well, know? let's say, okay, let's say it's behind a hill, around the corner, and three, three, three trees are blocking the view. And they did not, but they saw the people. I don't buy that. But for some reason. Whoever wrote your Bible tampered the, with the Bible. They saw the people coming. So they okay, they well, let's say, let's say then it was a football field, or two football fields, whatever. Okay. <laughs> All right, we are. See, this is that detail that I talk about. It just well, uh, see, it changes it because the brothers, the, whole story, the brothers, yeah, are they shocked? We got to go away. Three four zero ninety five of eighty five. Come back and uh, don't don't go. We'll this be right back. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back, our final segment. I mean to tell you, this, this time has really flown this evening. We have gotten ourselves 
deep into a specific detail. Now, it's a very important detail. Well, the reason it's important is because did the brothers sell him or did they not? And my point is, okay. is that uh, Reuben runs back. Now, I understand that they're all the brothers are together because mm-hmm. it says the brothers are over there watching the ship, so Reuben would be there. They're having a meal, right? They're sitting down having lunch. Uh-huh. Uh, one guy says, let's kill him. No, let's sell him. No, let's have lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. and so they sit down to have lunch. And the idea, the reason that sense is there, it's supposed to convey to us that we're talking, we're having lunch, we're cooling down, our tempers are cooling down. Mm-hmm. And now Reuben says, well... All right, look over there. There's a band of Ishmaelites. Let's say it's two football fields. I don't care. Yeah, they, that, that's important detail. Uh, they do see. Uh, they see. It says, and, and, and the actual translation is, midnight men, traders, passed by. They drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites. And it actually has the word Ishmaelites. There. Right. So, uh, so the but, scene here uh-huh. is evidently, it wasn't 20 or 30 yards away. Okay, it was so. probably maybe a football field or, or behind a hill somewhere remotely mm-hmm. that they uh, that the boys are having lunch, the brothers, and these Midianite traders go by, right. pass behind the hill and so on, and they find Joseph, yes, in the pit. and they bring him up out of the pit, yes. and they the, the Ishmaelite traders... Find him, and they sell him to the Midianite guys. And the Midianites sell him to the uh-huh. Or the other way around. Uh-huh. And they go on. They carry out their deal, and the boys don't know anything about right. it. That's be- now they finish their lunch. And now, and, and, Ish- and, and Reuben, 29, verse brother, 29, uh-huh. goes over to, back over to the cistern, to the to, hole, to, to the see pit, how yeah. his little brother's doing. Right. And he discovers that he's gone, that he is, uh, and so he runs back to the others, Brothers, and he tore his uh, clothes in grief. The boy is gone. What will I do now? It's a little, and, and this is a little more dramatic. In 29, it says, Reuben returned to the pit, and behold, Joseph mm-hmm. was not in the pit. Mm-hmm. So he ripped his garments. Returning to the, his brothers, he said, The boy's gone. And where so can if, I go? If they had seen it, if they had been the ones that raised him out, then they. Uh, then he would not have told, had to tell them the boy is gone. I mean, they would have all known, and he would have known. Right. Now. And, and so that, that gives credibility to that view that you're saying, is that uh, the superficial reading that we've given is inadequate for this, and the language here, the translation of the English, is not quite as clear. It doesn't okay. paint that particular picture. All right. Uh, and then, then they do come up with a very sinister okay. plan. And then it says... Uh, then the, where am I at? 31. Uh, they took Joseph's tunic, the color coat, colored coat. So now here they are. They're caught. Yeah, they're the caught. The boy is gone. Right. And, and they've got it somehow. They know they're going to have to explain it. Yes. So they there kill a young go. goat and yeah. dip Joseph's robe into its blood. Right. And they, uh, they sent, they sent the robe to their father with the message. Right. Uh, look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? The father recognized it immediately. It's my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph must has clearly been torn to pieces. So Jacob then back at the camp, at the home home camp, there the, the headquarters, he tears his clothes and dresses himself in burlap to mourning the loss of his beloved Joseph. Now the rest of the story, the sin, uh, sin, uh, 
yeah, the synthesis of the story as we go on. This is, uh, Egypt is in a fairly close distance to where these Jews mm -hmm. are, mm -hmm. the 12 mm -hmm. brothers and, and Jacob. So but, now Joseph is gone. He's died. His father is going to mourn his loss the rest of his life, he says. Well, they so think on. he's dead, yes. And, yeah, I, I mean, in his view. And then they have this famine. Right. Life goes on. Right. And this famine comes up, but be, it, evidently this was a very deadly famine. People were starving. Sure. Uh, so right. they figure out, well, hey, we, we, they've got, they get the word that there's food down in Egypt. And, and they send the brothers. And they send the brothers but down. here's the question. Meanwhile, behind the curtain, uh, uh, Joseph has gone down into Egypt right. and has gone through his own little adventure right. and has risen to be the second, second in power. That's right. Which is astounding. Well, one reason, if you want a nice practical reason, Jews are always taught, taught to read and write. Mm -hmm. So they need, So Joseph was able to read and write. That's one of the additional things. But the question is a very good question. Why is it that Joseph never tried to contact his father? He's close. Now, can we figure it out from the discerning the rest of the story? In the story... Joseph sees. Well, he didn't have any means to do that, did he? When he second commanded Egypt, he should have sent a writer. Oh, oh, at that point, yeah. But uh, uh, on his way to being yeah. second in command, yeah. he's in prison. Yeah, well, he's, yeah but he, and he gets a out slave, and, and he's accused of raping or uh, attempted rape. His, his, which his he didn't master's do. His wife. Uh, right. And there's a great line in here where Potiphar says, uh, Joseph, when Potiphar's wife tries to rape him, she says, uh, he, he says, defending himself, trying to not have relations with her, uh, I can have anything I want in the house. So whatever your master leaves, everything in my discretion, except the bread I eat. Now, does that mean that he can run the entire estate, the entire corporation, but he cannot have a sandwich? That does not what that means. Okay. The bread he eat is, eat is an idiom for who I have relations with and so that's what i would never have relations with the bread i eat is an idea of saying who i sleep with yeah so i don't do that so she accuses him anyway so uh he, even though he's not nominated okay potiphar puts him in prison he goes to prison mm -hmm. and, and then we have the baker and the uh he reads the, and, uh, and he, the, he right. interprets the dream but joseph could have contacted his dad now one of the interesting questions that's always pondered is why did he even when he was inside why didn't he try to contact his dad what would he have had to tell his dad? I don't know if I buy the idea that he could have, to be well, honest. I mean, we know that the, the, the brothers came to buy the grain. They came twice. It was close enough they could have done it. And, and the other thing is, I might have a little insight here. I don't good, know. Good, good. Let's have some insight. Uh, uh, of course, to a degree, or the reality of that he was essentially orphaned, Right. Yes. He's gone. I mean, and orphans don't look back. That's one thing I can tell you. I am an orphan. When I left the boys' ranch, I didn't go back and stay in touch with them. I went on in life. Okay. I went on. I didn't I didn't. Yeah, if you look don't, back. If, if you don't know there's a piece missing. There was no missing. relationship. Yeah, I believe that. If you don't know there's a piece missing, you don't look for that piece. Right. So, so I suspect maybe that was going to well, happen. Well, but we, he recognizes the brothers when they come. Sure. And they came twice. 
And he even set up Benjamin, who was the younger brother, younger than him. Mm-hmm. So his younger brother by Rachel. That's right. So his his same mother. So yeah. if he really wanted to, and he was a big shot running the business in Egypt, he could have sent somebody to contact his dad. But sure. What, but what would that have required? Uh, to tell, it would have required that his father learned that his brother. There, uh, he would have wrong. to break his father's heart. Okay, so he's so he endured that. Although, wouldn't he have, in reality, have brought joy to his father? Well, I would think that I would be horrified if I found out that one of my children did it to the other child. I know, but on the other hand, you'd be so gratified that he's alive again. He's uh, you, alive. I you, thought you, you, you would be gratified, that's and, true. And, 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 and Jacob actually says that uh, somewhere in here, that how happy he is that he had Well, see, we dead. can discern some of this as we get later on in Genesis, towards mm-hmm. the end, what he actually says to his father. Okay. He never blames his brothers. No, he never does. For... The sale. Amazing, isn't that? That's so, to me is really fascinating. Well, no, what it, you intended for evil, he said, God intended for good. So, if That's you want amazing. to draw a Christian picture of the Messiah, or even a Jewish picture of the Messiah, what you we're learning, all these stories tell us characteristics yeah. of the Messiah before the Messiah can, comes or came. Well, see, that was the little part of the your your synopsis, your overview of the Book of Genesis, that. You, you you talked about people and creation and people groups and just, but but the big thing that we see in Genesis is, is putting in place the, the the redemptive plan of God for humanity that I'm going to carry out a plan I'm going to yeah but at this point that's I, I'm going to send a savior well Joseph is the he's mm-hmm. a he's a picture so mm-hmm. we learn long before there was a Messiah whether mm-hmm. it was Jesus or mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. we learn one of the characters see what the Bible does it teaches us the characteristics and qualities of a Messiah so that when he shows up we can say, well, that is him. Well, this is interesting, and that's an important thing for people who are listening to us tonight to realize as you listen to the Bible. We see these clear uh, allusions to a Messiah, a Redeemer. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. There, in the text, in, uh, there, there are times when it talks about a Redeemer, a Savior, some, something that God is going to do to to facilitate the redemptive plan to pay the penalty of man's sin so that fallen sinful human beings can be restored to a a relationship, redeemed, bought back. But we not only see it in text, we see it in these pictures. Well, except in this case... Well, even the flood, the ark. Yeah, but in this case... Everywhere we see these pictures of redemption. Joseph Joseph absorbed the hurt and mm-hmm. the pain, mm-hmm. and didn't hurt anybody else. Right. So uh, that one of the characteristics that we've come to understand about the Messiah is that he, he's willing to give himself for others, mm-hmm. in this case his brothers in the story. Mm-hmm. And so we know. And if you watch closely in the story, 
uh, he doesn't identify himself until Judah does something. And do you know what that is? Judah offers to give his life ah. for his l younger brother Benjamin. Because Joseph keeps finagling them. If you read the story, uh. he keeps he keeps rattling their cage and keeping them in upheaval because... Um, <clears throat> for several reasons, I guess, I can imagine he was having a little fun, not fun really, but trying to figure out wh what was in their hearts. And I think that's the answer right there. Wait, yeah. I think you just said it. He's wanting to know, are they still the same kind of people they were that put me in the pit? Now, I'm going to lace this all together with the whole story. Mm -hmm. Now, we know, as you mentioned, the cupbearer and the baker and all that business. Well, uh, I'll come back to that in a second. But we... Then Pharaoh takes him into the, when he finds out he can interpret dreams, he mm -hmm. takes him into the palace. Now, in all English Bibles, and I'm going to imagine, and I'll tell you where it's at in your Bible. It's chapter huh? 41, 14. Mm -hmm. So 41, 14, what's that say in yours? Okay. Uh, there's one. Oh, you still 41. have your Bible handy? Uh-huh. Try here. 41, verse 14 uh -huh. says... Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, he, and he was quickly brought from the prison. Mm -hmm. After he shaved, <clears throat> after he shaved and changed his clothes, uh, Joseph went in and stood before Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, "I had a dream last night, and no one here can tell me what it means, but I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it." Now, did you see what you read? You said took him from the prison, mm -hmm. and in all fairness. Every English Bible that I've examined will say prison, dungeon, they all say that. Mm -hmm. But this is what it actually says. Okay. Rather than prison or dungeon, it actually says Pharaoh took him from the pit. Uh-huh. Now you say to yourself, wait a minute. He was in a pit. He was sold into a lot of bad stuff, accused of rape he wasn't guilty of, um, and all kinds of stuff. What's happening? That came on too early. Yeah, Whoa. I was going to say, because it's up there, it's only... Yeah. Oh. Go ahead. So he uh, said, took anyway. him out of the pit. So he took him out of the pit. Oh, maybe that was like a, a message that uh, I got it right and somebody's giving me the music. Change it. Sorry. So, anyway. So he takes him out of the pit. Why does it... Why did, would it say take him out of the pit. It's because he went into prison. We would anticipate logically he's coming back out of the the prison, right, Toby? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, but in, in other words, now his fortunes of all gonna the, change. are going to change from all the horror he's been through. So, so it, everything he's been in, everything he's happened to him up to this point has been the pits. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so all that, now logically, but see, in just a couple of verses before that, it makes a big difference. Joseph actually explains... Uh, back in chapter 40, uh, verse uh, 15, he's talking to the uh, baker and the uh, wine taster. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, 40, 15. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, 40, 15, for indeed I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews. Kidnapped? Mm -hmm. Doesn't say he was sold. He was kidnapped. Yeah. And that's that's right. And... Even here, I have done nothing for them to have them put me in the, my version says pit, pit. pit. Mm -hmm. Now, why would he want to, the re, they want us to catch the story that Joseph himself is talking, he's asking for help, mm -hmm. remember me, mm -hmm. to the baker and the wine taster, mm -hmm. and I was put in the pit. Now, so they want us to really reinforce that idea, he was put in the pit, 
without a doubt, by his brothers. And then he's telling these other guys, I, I was kidnapped, and I was put in a pit. Now, over here, if we use the word prison or dungeon, it seems logical because he's in prison and he wants out. But if we take a deeper meaning and we actually use the word it actually says, pit. They want it in our head, it's pit. Mm -hmm. so, so in other words, his entire fortunes are now about to change because the pit he was put into, in other words, I am going to make a condemnation of the brothers. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's this. The brothers put in sequence all the stuff that began to happen to Joseph. Mm -hmm. Now that is the collective guilt. They put him in the pit. It was only because of that that he could be pulled out and sold and mm -hmm. all this that happened to him. So in a sense, they initially put him in the pit. But, but so all the stuff that happened. And if they didn't know that he had been taken out of the pit by these guys and sold, of course, Joseph knows that. He yes. knows that his brothers were not present and that right. he was taken by these people, kidnapped. Right. And so he doesn't know that he doesn't what he doesn't know is how his brothers felt about his being gone well he knows one thing for sure that now he, they put him in the pit yeah there's no doubt that, they, they, they he, don't know. he knows that yeah what, he, but what i'm trying to say is that as you uh, clearly explained at the beginning of this little journey here uh, we're going through uh, he they weren't present when they he was taken out of the pit right. and taken. Right. So he what he doesn't know is what did they think about it? Uh, he doesn't know did right. they. That's right. And and so that adds to this idea of what he's trying to find. Whenever they come, when down they come, there, he has to know are they the same kind of people? Figure, are they yeah. the same kind of? Uh, what is their attitude toward me? And right. he has this he has this amazing opportunity right. since they don't recognize right. him. To to explore right. and find out what do they really think? Who are they? Right. What are their values? exactly so? And wow, that's that adds a whole dimension to this experience. Well, it? see, and and he would have to break his father's heart, but so. When he's taken out of the pit and say, I believe that. It adds something to the story to actually put the actual word, but logically, and I've checked all the English Bibles, they all use the word dungeon or prison, mm -hmm. which logically okay. seems right. Okay, let's move beyond the idea of the pit. Okay. It's all the pits. Okay. Uh, we've only got five Okay, minutes. you might like to know this. The exact day that this altar, that uh, uh, when he was taken, now get this, the Jews are really good at determining dates, times, all that uh -huh. kind of stuff. Uh -huh. He was taken, Joseph was taken from the pit or the prison uh -huh. and taken to the court of Pharaoh uh, in the year 2230 from creation. And we know the day. Okay. Do you know what day it was? No. Rosh Hashanah. Okay. And why is that important? Because that's actually historically the day you start correcting wrongs to other human beings. I'll uh, be. Isn't that fascinating? Yes. Well, this is this is uh, this is again one of these pictures, and I think it's worthwhile, maybe, for at least for for Christian believers, to understand that, like I said before, there is a redemptive plan of God. God created the human race, millions and millions of us. Now, seven point two billion people on planet Earth today. Is there that many? Why? That's what they say. That that he created a, a, 
with the idea that out of the human race, he's going to draw out a people for himself. It won't be like animals. We're not pre-programmed to love and serve God like the animals are. We, it's going to be a love relationship. A love relationship means it's a relationship of mutual choice. I choose you, you choose me. It's a love relationship. Love can't be programmed or forced. If it could, we'd all have girlfriends, right? I mean, you know, as I was growing but we can't make people love us. Uh, I said that, not you. But, but yeah, I, tell, I tell the... Um, the basic trainees we're teaching, you know, if if we could make people love us, we'd all have girlfriends. But and they always laugh. They think that's yeah, funny. So I'm, I'm certainly amused. <laughs> but, 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 but no, the, that is an important point, that God desires a love relationship. So therefore, it wouldn't be forced or pre-programmed. He had the animals are programmed to love him and serve him and do his bidding. But we have this choice. And so the point is, is that some choose not to follow God, not to know God, not to be uh, trust him, obey him. And they, they live uh, the spiritually dead life, essentially uh, the animal life that, kind of, that you're talking about. Although they have a sensitivity that can be called out and appealed to. Uh, and, and we can be we can be converted. We can change our mind and trust God, uh, even after some years of not trusting Him and, and not following Him. That happens all the time. That's, we all have to be converted at some point. We have to be born again. But the point here is that th- that's the process that God preplanned, and and now starting with Abraham, He's going to start carrying out. Two things are happening. He's going to start carrying out that redemptive plan. Because just as Adam and Eve fell into sin in time and space and history, the redemptive plan has to take place in time and space and history. A real person, a real redeemer, a real savior has to come and pay the, you know, live a perfect life of faith and trust and obedience to the, for the, to, the to God. And then he who knew, know, knows no sin takes our sin upon himself. Substitutionary atonement, we notice throughout the book. Even when, when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, there had to be a ram, a ram, a lamb that was found to that would take the penalty, you know, that would stand in in place of Isaac, and so on. So we get this idea: the redemptive plan is being carried out, and in the context of this, God is revealing more and more about Himself, and He's and He's setting up a pattern. This people that you talk about, these Jewish people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, now Joseph, he's saving them over and over again. They're going to be used as a pattern and as a, as a, an object lesson to reveal God's redemptive plan for, for humanity, redeeming us, saving us. Joseph has gone now, and he... In fact, saved, Joseph saved, saved Israel. Egypt. <clears throat> yes. He saved Egypt. Exactly. So you can see the idea of where the Messiah... Who were Jewish, but he saved Egypt, who were not That's Jewish. That's exactly right. For all the pe- and people. And as you quoted world. earlier, he said something about, uh, you said something about. And, the, and when they left Egypt, a lot of Egyptians and other nation groups, people came out of Egypt That's with, That's with right. That's people right. of Israel. And you, I'm said, sorry, no, you, said, you said earlier something about uh, what you intended for evil, God meant for good. Mm-hmm. So what looks like evil, and Joseph says, well, I was sent here so I would be able to save not only the Egyptians, but you at the right time. Mm-hmm. So you start getting a trait or a characteristic of what should be expected among the Messiah. Yeah, and, and, and that's essentially what Jesus says on the cross is that, 
you meant this for evil, but this is God is doing something good here. The you know, uh, forgive them, Father, for they know not what to do. I know, I know your your understanding of that passage is lowering the 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 level of their responsibility. Oh no! I know it's gone. But this has been so instructive. If we paddled and, and muddled our way right into a beautiful truth here, the uh, the idea of God's revealing His redemptive plan, not only in verbal words and and telling us about it, but also in these pictures that we have yeah, throughout pictures, the Old Testament. Pictures, yeah. And may I quickly add one thing? Yeah. Uh, always be the kind of person you would like to have for a parent. See you next Sunday evening, folks. Join us Monday through Friday for The Bible, Bible Live. Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live, Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Sophie and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 